and uh, welcome to another edition of the Heart God Media Podcast. Today we have a artist, illustrator. Um, he's a he has a lot of artwork that he's doing that I've found, discovered uh, through mutual friends, and uh, his name is Kevin Thomas, and he runs Death Cat Design. Kevin, say hello. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, so. A lot of your, uh, I mean, obviously, being a part of the horror community, there's so many uh, artists and stuff out there now, um, and it's 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 hard to kind of stand out. But your stuff, uh, your stuff definitely stands out, man. Uh, oh, thanks. Definitely, uh, that. definitely. Uh, I'd obviously seen like your work before, and then once I actually like formally stumbled upon your page uh, through Dan, I was like, I was like, oh shit, I've seen most of your art all over the place. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of it is, um, like was a little bit like my, my stuff was a little bit more prominent before with my, my old, my old companies because it was more, I guess you could say out there. Um, I haven't really been doing much in the public, I guess you could say, right. uh, the past maybe like year and a half, two years. So, I'm um, just trying to get my feet back in the water, but it's really cool to hear you say that. Um, I find that a lot of people, have been like, oh, I, I recognize that. Oh, I recognize that poster or something like that. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool to hear that, though. Yeah, dude, it's uh, a lot of your art, uh, like I said, like we've seen it before, and, and something I know, uh, before we kind of dive into, like, uh, your origins, uh, so to speak, uh, one thing I had to talk about immediately is your artwork for the movie Airborne. <laughs> Be- because Eric and I, uh, and Eric can attest to this, are huge fans of that, that film, so... And I, I, it was a, it was a while ago. We found like, we found the art somewhere online or something like that. And one of us sent it to each other. Uh, and we like, <laughs> it's like a random movie. We'll quote. So seeing that, we're like, oh my fucking god, this artwork is amazing. That was that was so. That was funny. Uh, I actually got a little bit of exposure from that just because uh, at Comic Con, that was a private commission. And at Comic Con last year. Well, the year before, I forget which one. It might have been the year before, to be honest with you. Um, the guy who did the commission, who uh, who, who asked me to do the art, he, I've done like quite a few commissions for him. Um, he uh, took it to San Diego Comic-Con and got Seth Green to sign it and gave him a copy. <laughs> and Seth Green took a selfie with him in the poster and reposted it on his and posted it on his Instagram. Oh, that's so fucking and, good. Yeah, yeah, and then as soon as as soon as I like commented, I was like, "Hey, that's mine." He like tagged me on it, and people people were coming to my page like crazy. No shit. Yeah, yeah and it was cool. He got the, the dude got Seth uh, Seth Green to sign my copy for me because it was before he had actually sent me any copies too. I hadn't even gotten my copies yet. No shit. And and so he uh, he he had Seth Green sign one and send it over to me. It was pretty cool. Wow, that's awesome. I guess yeah, the uh, that was that was just that was that was a, that took a long time just because I was so busy with everything else going on that like you know and he was it was like a private commission for like I think like ten people him and like one of those groups online that they do like poster commissions and stuff and he was just like take your time he's like none of us are in a rush we want it to be as good as possible and so it went through many different variations and versions and it took me buying the DVD on Amazon. And rewatching it for the first time in probably twenty years, <laughs> and laughing hysterically every time the word "bra" was used. Yeah. 
yeah, that was a it was such a you know, the 90s were so I feel like for a while they were kind of uh I guess whitewashed a little like oh, the 90s like all the good like genre movies or goofy movies like uh, you know, we're in the '80s and things like that, and movies like that. Those like those like. I, I, I equate that with like Biodome, and I fucking love Biodome. Oh, uh, we're hu- huge Poly Shore marks over here. Oh yeah, Poly Shore is uh, you know he's like uh, the torchbearer. I feel like for those '90s uh, kind of comedies that I get written off or something like that. But yeah, that's great. Him, I would even I would even put like Jim Carrey there too. Like, like beginning of Jim Carrey. He his because his movies were were considered like lowbrow and dumb and like you know the the beginning of Adam Sandler as well like Billy Madison and shit like I I equate like all of those movies kind of together. Oh um, yeah, they, like you said, a more of a lowbrow like. Uh, but I don't that those films like still like Son in Law, dude. Son in Law, I think. Son in Law. I think. I, 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 you know, I love Son in Law. I love Encino Man, but my favorite Polly Shore is still Biodome. <laughs> I haven't watched uh, Biodome uh, in a while. You want to talk about uh, you want to talk about a quotable fucking movie from the nineties, man? Oh my god, it's it's there's just so much stupidity. Oh oh yeah, <laughs> I hurt my bladder rollerblading. <laughs> <laughs> Muscle. <laughs> this back into the left. <laughs> a clown. Now uh, one of your. Uh, well, I, I guess we'll 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 rewind a, a bit. When did you first like? When did art first come onto your radar? Where you're like, "Holy shit!" Like I got a little bit of artistic talent here. Let me run with this. Or did you just kind uh, of did? My was it mom? My mom's an artist. Uh, oh wow, a fine artist. So she's like a uh, like I grew up in a very uh, like in a household where it was very open when it came to that kind of stuff. Like you know, she had a drafting table, so I'd always sit at her her. T- she'd be like uh, painting. And I'd always sit at her drafting table and draw. I would trace comics. I would, um, I was always drawing. That was it. Like, and it, it was always line drawing. It was never really like fully matured, like finished, colored in drawings. I, it was always black and white or just like the the basic lines. And um, yeah, I, I was really into art throughout. I'd say elementary, middle school, and high school, and then in like high school i was in bands and like my my artistic my creative um i guess you could say outlet changed from art in school to uh music and i did that for a while so like i've always had like this creative bug where i've always wanted to do something like you know expressing myself and i didn't really get back into uh drawing again and fine arts and uh screen printing until uh until i stopped touring and settled down you know i got married uh and i went back to college and i went back to arts i went to art school and uh, i went to tyler in philly which is temple's art school and it was around that time i saw i started seeing like the mondo posters start popping up and the one that caught my eye the most was this poster by uh, this artist who's one of my favorites. His name's Martin Anson. He did a poster for Dracula, Bella Lugosi's Dracula, and that was that was it. Like I, I before that, I had like drawn flyers for like bands and stuff like that, and for shows. But like when I saw that, and I really started diving heavily into drawing digitally and and transferring my drawings from 
you know, paper to a computer and things like that. And then working in layers for screen printing, because I felt, I think I fell more in love with the idea of the medium. So like, it was more about, you know, screen printing and, and how that looked and drawing layers instead of as an entire piece right. altogether that really, uh, really just kind of set me down the path that I've been on since. So, so it, when you like first, you know, or, or I guess when you were like, holy shit, like when you really like rediscovered or, or fully discovered it, fully fleshed out as like a, a love for, for illustrating and art and things like that. Was it like, I'm going to like pursue this to like the fullest extent or you're just like, oh, I'm going to, um, I'm going to run with it. Well, I, was, I mean, it, it's hard. I started because I started out late in life. I guess you could say, I mean, I'm not old. I'm old, but I'm not old. Uh, but I mean, I, tw- instead of going to college right out of high school, I, I was playing in bands. I was touring. So I, that took up like my early twenties. And so I didn't go back to school until I was like 25 or 26. And so by the time that I was graduating art school, I was, my first kid was on the way. And so really what it came down to was, uh, we have, as you know, we have the con around us, uh, the horror con monster mania. Yep. And I've always gone like, you know, uh, and they're right around the same time poster artists started popping up at monster mania it wasn't people just selling movie posters it was you know my buddy chris garofalo who was there and he him and charlie uh chuck from horror prince um they were they started by sharing a booth together and i started talking to chris that way i just met him at a con one day i saw his hellraiser poster i bought his hellraiser poster and we've been friends ever since and he really helped push me to just be like, fuck it, just just do a con. Just like print get do your posters. And so I asked my friend at the time to do it with me because he was way more savvy at um, the computer aspect of it all. So like Photoshop, stuff like that. I was good at drawing. He was good at like the overall designing. So we kind of like did like a Apple like Jobs Wozniak where like it was like <laughs> my drawings and like our collaborated overall designs together and okay. we put out enough stuff that we said fuck it and we, we started doing monster manias and that's kind of where it really took off because then like more people were starting to see our stuff now that was uh studio house designs correct now what are um because i've seen you post like obviously as soon as uh i saw you on dan's live stream and uh, I started scrolling through your art. I saw some that was familiar. Now, that Lost Boys art where they're hanging from the bridge, is that your art? Yeah. Dude, that is – I got to I gotta send you a picture because uh, I, I love that art. But I actually – my girlfriend is a pastry chef, and for Halloween last year, she um, – she did 30 days where she did like a different horror themed uh hollow or halloween uh or whatever themed uh pastry every single day and she did a yeah. cake with them ha- that art with the hanging them hanging from the bridge on a cake stop it uh because i loved That's it so awesome. much and i was like dude i i was because i have the flag hang hanging in my uh in my bedroom because it's probably my favorite lost boys art that i've ever seen and fuck the flag i got i got a couple posters oh 
I would I'll f- put them on whatever fucking store you got, and I will purchase them immediately. But, I have I have one of I have one of each. Um, I have, well, I actually have two of the pinks. So I have my copy that we, I got signed by everybody that we've met, and then I have a red one, and I have the foil, and the foil is signed as well. But I mean, I have a pink and a red one that uh, are. Since I have a pink, I'd I'd be happy to 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 work something out and get you that pink one, man. Because uh, yeah, that was my that was one of my favorite posters to work on. It was actually my wife's idea. We were sitting at uh din- we were sitting at the dinner table one night, and I was telling her what we were doing because there was a Lost Boys reunion at one of the cons. I think it was Bizarre AC. I'm pretty sure it was, and um, or maybe it's Monster Mania. It was one of the, it doesn't matter. And um, I was like, man, I'm trying to think of the, like what to do for this. And she was like, well, why don't you have them hanging from the bridge? I was like, fuck. It was our, It was, was like, it was an idea that had never been tackled before. I think it was Monster Mania, right? Because uh, me, me and Jesse obviously go to a lot of the Monster Manias, and I think it was Jason Patrick and Winters were there, right? Yeah, because I think it was like the second or third time that Patrick had been rescheduled for it, too. And he finally, everyone was always, you know, like, oh, Jason Patrick's going to cancel again, and then he oh, did. Oh, no, no, this, it was before that. It was, two, tw- it was 20... 2014 or 2015. Oh, no, oh okay, so it was before. It was, okay. One of the two. It was, when, it was everybody without... It, well, oh. It was when I, it was whenever Brooke McCar- uh, Brooke died. Oh, okay. Because uh, it was the reunion that he was supposed to be at. Because uh, uh, funny, we we did Bizarre AC, and we were talking to them because the way that Bizarre AC is set up, what well, was was so awesome. I I actually with with cons I actually prefer it. They had guests seated throughout the vendors. No shit. It was awesome. So I'm sitting next to. I'm sitting across from the, we're sitting across from the cast of clerks from that con. We did a 20th anniversary print for clerks for the cast to get to take to their cons and appearances that they have signed. We're sitting across from Brandon Adams, who was in people under the stairs. He was the, the kid. He was uh, Michael Jackson in the bad video is the little kid, Michael Jackson. He was, <laughs> he was in the sandlot and the mighty ducks. Like we, ducks, came, yeah. we, we hung out the whole weekend with these people. No and shit. The, lost, the dudes from lost boys were sitting right behind us. So they liked our stuff so much. They're like, you don't have a lost boys poster. And I was like, next time you guys are in the area, I promise you will have one. And I am pretty sure the following year was when they were coming back they were coming to, uh, monster mania and we had the poster ready to go and then we uh everybody came and then brooke died like maybe a month before the con no shit that's great yep so i have a lost boys poster that i got previously a print that was signed by brooke because i got i took it to the bizarre ac but then uh on my own poster he's the only one other than alex that i'm i'm really missing and Haim, uh, uh Corey Haim. You know what's funny? Uh, when Haim died, I think it was probably a couple weeks before Haim died, and it was ten years ago now. But he he got announced, I think, for like the August Monster Mania. He died in March. I know he did one. I yeah. do know he did I, maybe more than one, but I know he did one in the past ten years. Yeah, and I think it was with Brooke and G Tom Mac, and they did like a. Oh jeez, G Tom Mac was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> man he was because like we, we we were hanging out with the lost boys i mean uh like jameson was 
and Billy. Billy Worth is hands down one of the coolest dudes I've ever met. And I'm super into like law, uh, what's it called Law and Order SVU, mm-hmm. and they had a, they had Chicago PD. He was on Chicago PD. I literally he he took to me because I just sat there and talked to him about Chicago PD. No shit. <laughs> he he was awesome. cool as shit, and like dude gave us his email address. Like was like let me know when you guys are uh, doing something for us. I'll post it. Blah 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 blah. He was hands down so cool. And like, dude, they were just, they were just fun to hang out with. And so like, he's signing stuff for us. He's like, you guys want something signed? So he like, he's like, you have a Bill Murray print. Can, how about this? I'll sign whatever you have. Can I have that for my son? I was like, hell yeah. So he signed my loss and then he takes it over with us. He takes us over to like the other guys and he introduces us. We all start talking. And then G Tom Mac takes my fucking poster and signs it. And he's like, that'll be 20 bucks. What? <laughs> <laughs> I looked at him. Uh, I was like, "I'm sitting there standing next to Billy," and I look at him. I'm like, uh, uh, "I begrudgingly took out twenty yeah. bucks and handed it to him just to end the conversation yeah. in a not so awkward manner." You, you know, it's, it, it's it's always uh, interesting to hear those uh, encounters too, um, because you either get like you either get like three different types of. Uh, like I guess uh, con guess you get ones that are like 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 a Billy Worth or like uh, recently uh, I, I met Skeet Ulrich and uh, oh, he was really cool too man yeah. when we did our screen poster actually all of them Nev was a little distant like like she was just I mean the biggest star there right uh, right but like dude Matthew Lillard is absolutely one hundred percent hands down my favorite con guest ever. Dude, we uh we went to the Maryland one a few years ago, and he was doing a, a signing, and the line was super long because he's obviously the voice of, of uh, Shaggy, and there were so oh, yeah. there's so many kids in his line, and took him to the front. Yeah, took him to the front, sat sat like groups of kids down, was doing the Shaggy voice with him. Seemed like Man, the most legit you, person ever. Signed for free for all kids. No shit, that's so awesome. Kid, his rules: kids don't wait in line. Kids don't pay for an autograph. That's awesome, dude. He signed. Uh, he we gave him a screen poster. He made a video because we were. It was at the. It was at the Maryland one actually. We couldn't get there, but our friend who uh, who was helping to run the con, she worked for the con, took our poster out because I was like, I have no idea if he's ever going to do a jersey. Could you get him to sign this for me? And I was like, I'll give you a poster. She's like, sure. He made a video for us thanking him. He said it is the only screen piece of screen memorabilia he has hanging in his office now. Wow, that's so wow, sick. That's rad. I mean, that poster yeah. is sick too. That Thanks. Sick. Yeah, that was that was my design as well. Is that the way? Hold on. Is that the one with Ghostface with the the bloody knife, Nev down in the bottom left corner? Doesn't have Ghostface on it. Doesn't have Ghost. I'm trying to think what. Um... It's um, it's the knife. It, like so, the the handle is the phone. Oh, fu- that's yours. Yeah, and their faces are in the blood on the knife. Oh shit, Jesus, dude, you, <laughs> dude, this is literally some of the fucking the the best art. Like, thank you. Like yeah, uh, that was that was mine. That, that was, shit, that dude, was I didn't realize that one was yours too. Oh my god. Yeah, they were, dude. They were all super awesome. They were they were really cool to meet, but I'm right there with you, man. Like I love hearing the stories about guests that are awesome, and I even love bad ones. Oh, the bad ones are, are just as good. So, so uh, Busey is the Busey was gold, dude. 
so Busey, this is like 2010, maybe March 2010. He was at one in Cherry Hill, and yes. dude, he was sitting next to his son Jake, and he was just like, he was just like loud. He's yelling at people. He's quoting like scripture. He was just completely like someone. Someone brought him like a silver bullet poster, and he's just like. You know, it's funny. I, I didn't really. I wasn't really in this movie all but one scene, and, and they're like, "No, you're you're in quite a bit of it." And he's just like, yeah, I know. <laughs> he um the the one Monster Mania he did uh, later. It was like I think like 2015. He um they did not seat him with his son. His son was sat maybe five or six tables away from him, and his son was fucking with him the whole weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so like he would he would sit there and he would like Jake would lean back and just throw something at his dad and then Gary Busey would be like what the fuck and start like standing up and spinning around and we were uh, we became we become friends with uh, his handler guy his agent dude uh, who liked our posters and he told us that was the most he's ever had to refund people was is for Gary Busey oh my god. That's crazy. Because of like inappropriate comments or like gestures or like, you know, just Busey being Busey. I think the, uh, well, we're talking about interesting con guests. There's one that always gets a chuckle out of uh, the small group of us that always goes to cons, and uh, it's Ari Lehman. And I have yet to meet him. So I haven't met him. Personally, this is just me. I can't take him too seriously. Yeah. <laughs> he was in 0.73 seconds yeah. of a movie <laughs> when he was 14 wearing heavy prosthetics. And the motherfucker's got he first is, Jason is, hot sauce. He is dragging it. He is dragging it. He is making that last for him. Oh, yeah. More power to him for that. Oh, yeah. But, He's carrying us all. So... I couldn't I, unless I was working on a like a, a poster that was like a cast poster or something. I don't think I could I could I could pay to 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 say hi to him. <laughs> so I watched James Devole was signing like uh, like a Donnie Darko poster and like talking with a fan. Ari Lehman, I I can't remember. I think this might have been horror, one of the horror hounds. He rolls up to James Devole's table, interrupts his interaction with his fan. It's got a leather jacket on. Looks like a straight fucking vaude villain with his fucking pencil mustache. He's got some weird, like, perm. And he interrupts this girl that's meeting James Duvall and getting her Donnie Darko print signed. And he's just like, James, big fan. Like a paying customer? Yeah. And he's like, James, big fan. Uh, wanted to see if you uh, were interested in some of this hot sauce. Had first Jason hot sauce with him. <laughs> and, the, and the girl's just kind of, like, looking at me and my friend. And we just like chuckled, and I was just like, "This is so surreal." And James Duvall was just like so shy and didn't know how to like broach it. You could tell he had no fucking clue who the hell Ari Lehman was at that point. I don't even think Ari Lehman knew who he was. But oh my god, it was just. And then I've seen like uh, I've seen like uh, Malcolm McDowell just completely like not even look up at somebody. Really? Because when I met him, he was amazing. Like, uh, the only people I'm trying to think about like a, a bad con guest that I've I've met like where like they don't even like really acknowledge you and I gotta admit like Nev Campbell was probably the quickest interaction I've ever had. 
Yeah, I think, well, I was like, I met, when I met Skeet, I met her and I saw like the people that she was meeting b- before me. And I was just like, yeah, I could see why she'd be a little off put, uh, obviously, because some of these people are just like super, way too like, oh, I saw you were staying at the, you're not staying here at the hotel, you're staying at the, the Hilton over here. Like, how's that going? Like, so the last, she's probably getting, people like that probably get a little unnerved when, you know. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. That's creepy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good on all that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but uh, like, like, that, that's the cool thing about Monster Mania, though. Like, like one of the, it's probably one of my favorite cons. Well, actually, Bizarre AC for the one year that it that it was going was my favorite con. But that's because you're in Atlantic City. There's after parties, and you're literally just hanging out with them. Like Brian O'Halloran from Clerks did heavy metal karaoke. Like <laughs> he sang heavy metal karaoke. Dante from fucking clerks oh my god <laughs> so good it was absolutely hilarious and amazing i wouldn't have pegged him for a metal fan i guess oh he, he did nothing but black sabbath <laughs> it was awesome i think and i would like you know there was a trauma after party that we all went to so like we're what we wound up like sitting with uh three of the dudes from clerks um the, the Jan Birch from People Under the Stairs, like the main like uh, yeah. dude under the stairs. Um, fuck, who else was there? Like, there was just the, the, this random. Oh, Sean Whalen from People Under the Stairs. Oh yeah. The, uh, and also uh, to go full circle on it, Jury Duty with Polly Shore. Oh yeah, Carl <laughs> Wayne Bishop. Carl Wayne Bishop. <laughs> and um, and dude, he he was hilarious, but like. You know, Brandon Adams just sat there and literally talked shit on Corey Feldman all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, dude, what's going on? He's like, we've always done this. He's like, I fucking hate him. He's always talked shit on me because he, he said, because in his mind, Michael liked me more. I was like, oh shit. There's a Michael Jackson drama. Oh my Jesus. God. Wow. Oh, <laughs> Feldman so... was weird. Dude. Feldman was weird feldman was xanaxed out when i when i met him he was on his like fifth or sixth soma and he was he was in a he's in another place man he was not in precipitating new jersey where i was so like when when we met him we had a private thing because of our poster so it was us and then chris garofalo and so me and me and cody walk up to him from studio house and he signs our posters and he was like, this is really cool. I saw it on Twitter. He's like, I saw you guys tweeting me. He's like, I reposted it. I hope it helped you guys sell some stuff. I was like, well, we have one for you. Could you sign it? He's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And he signs it. And then his his agent brings Chris over with his Lost Boys poster that he had done. Feldman just looks at his his agent, looks down at the poster, looks back at his agent, turns and walks straight to a wall and just stands facing the wall. <laughs> the you have a fucking nom flashback? <laughs> and we're standing there like, what the fuck just happened? And Chris is like, nonch. and then he and then he left. He went through the door that was next to the wall he was staring at. And Chris is like, so, uh, Guess he's not signing my poster. <laughs> just wiped wow. it up and we walked away like, wow, that was that was that was fucking weird. Your Feldman voice is unnatural. I was just gonna say that's that's a great Feldman impersonation. 
first time I've tried. Yeah. <laughs> so like, like I love the bad ones. You know what's <laughs> funny? Lie. The uh, everyone that we've uh, that I've had kind of on this podcast the last almost three years, uh, we've actually we've talked to conventions here and there, but it's so it's so awesome to talk con experiences with somebody because there are some wild stories that you just you you would never find anywhere else at a horror convention when are you gonna i met lance hendrickson last august and when i'm standing in his line to meet him james hong comes through pushes everyone through sets a lunch date up with lance and has an eight by ten of lance signed and him and lance just like chum it up and get a picture taken james hong's pushing my girlfriend out of the way he's like move it i gotta meet lance and you know, your your movement is sounded exactly like Lopan. Yeah, <laughs> dude. I and we're sitting. I'm in like Nev's line, or or I just got a like Doug Bradley's line. I got my Hellraiser poster signed, and I hear Doug someone. I dude, I hear someone screaming. We hear someone screaming at the top of their lungs. It's James Hong. Left his photo op. He has the Lopan outfit on, carrying yes. a kid, carrying a, a like a six year old kid. He's like, move it, motherfucker! I got the kid. Like. I'm like, oh my god, this dude. He was loud. He was like, he had more energy than every 45 year old in the room, and he's 90. That's perfect. And that's what you. Those are the stories you want to hear. Oh, dude, and I got a picture of him meeting Lance Hendrickson, and they're talking about like one a couple films they did back in the day, and they're gonna eat lunch that day. And I just got like a, a a quick photo of them just talking with each other, and I was just like. When when who is ever going to see Lance Hendrickson and James Hong having a, a discussion about eat, gonna catch up and have lunch together? <laughs> so, like, so that's amazing. So like the uh, the the, hand, the uh, agent for um, Gary Busey is also the agent uh, the con agent for Phil Anselmo from Pantera. Oh no shit! And so we were doing um, shit. What are the ones in Cincinnati in uh, Indianapolis? It's um, or how huh? I think right. Harhound, there was another one too. Uh, oh. Days of the Dead. We were doing Days of the Dead. Gotcha. And uh, he, it's that's his con, the agent. Like he does them all over the country. No that's his con. And so I, he, we were going out there. It was the first con that we had done outside of like this area. And Phil was going to be there. And I, I, I texted him. I was like, dude. I don't care what I, I was like. You can have one of every poster I own. Just, just get me to have a beer with Phil, because Pantera has been my Pantera has been one of my favorite bands since I was like eleven years old. Oh hell yeah! I've seen them. I saw them twice, three times. Like, like seriously, one of my favorite bands. And then the whole Dime Bash happened, where Phil Ooh, yeah. was drank the entire club out of white wine. And decided that there was apparently some guy in the crowd that was like that, like she called him. So he did it back to him and said some choice words and blew up in his face. So the guy hits me up. He's like, yeah, um, Phil's no longer drinking. Not going to happen. Like, Shit. Yeah. <laughs> so then, so then they're doing, um, he bringing Phil to monster mania. And I went up with my buddy, uh, Joey, whose wife owns uh, Witch Baby Soap, who's always who's usually there, not so much anymore. But um, she, uh, uh, me and him, just start sitting there towards the end of the day. Literally, we had like a twenty-five minute conversation with Phil to the point that Phil like 
was like, wait a minute, are we uh, turning gay? Are we are we gonna like make out now? <laughs> and like my buddy Joe was like, oh, I don't know, man, but I'm down if whatever's clever. And you know, Phil was like belly laughing. We have the we have pictures of Phil like holding our arms up, like just laughing hysterically. <laughs> There's some of my favorite con pictures ever because it was so spur of the moment and random and just fucking awesome. I think uh, you, don't, you don't have that experiences anywhere else. Man. Oh, you. I think we. I I didn't meet Phil uh, as much as I wanted to. I think his line. He'd just come back from lunch and his line was a little long. But he was in the same he's, room. He's incredible. He's, he also he also walks around every con he does and legitimately buy. He's a fan. He buys stuff from vendors. Like, well, he's he, obviously he, a huge horror head too. Oh, big time! Big, big, big time! And he was in the same room with Ric Flair, and those two had, like, a small exchange, and I'm not sure. I just saw him, like, speak, like, to each other for, like, maybe 10 seconds, and Flair just, like, laughed, and I was just like, what the fuck would those two have to talk about? Probably nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Phil was probably just sitting there trying to, like, think of something to make him laugh for three days. Yeah. Like, <laughs> toss it out on Sunday. Flair has no fucking clue who it was still to this day. Nope. He has no clue where he is right now. Flair just thought it was one of the ring guys from WCW. <laughs> he just thought it was Sting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I guess uh, trans since that's a good uh, transition point, we've uh, obviously talked about uh, movies. We've talked about your art, um, some of the art you've done movies for. Um, and uh, I guess, you know, Phil, Phil and Samo and Pantera, that's a, that's a good segue into uh, music. And uh, when you were on uh, Dan from Inked Up's uh, live stream. Uh, He's the best. Yeah, Dan, Dan's the man. He's one of the legitimate, one of the nicest dudes I've met from going to cons ever. Yeah, Dan's cool shit. And uh, when you were on his live stream, you would... Uh, mentioned uh, that you were in CDC, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Years and years ago, I booked a CDC show in Utica, New York, and uh, and I was just like, "Oh my god, that's a!" I literally haven't heard the name CDC or even thought about Utica, New York in that long. Uh, Utica. Uh, but uh, immediately when you said that, like, and Dan kind of said this too. It's it's kind of uh, especially you know hardcore metal it's kind of a kindred spirits with horror and especially the horror community it it absolutely is and uh uh it's always kind of gone hand in hand and uh it's it's just i don't know hardcore is a lot of fun um if you if you're not into it you don't get it um if you're into it you get it if you play in a hardcore band you get it even more um it's just to me, playing hardcore, like I played in pop punk bands. Um, I mean, I mean, shit. CDC, we toured with Set Your Goals. Uh, we 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 did we toured with like bands that we were just friends with. Like it didn't matter if they were if they fit with us. It was just for fun, right? And um, you know, like still, like nothing is is quite like playing to a bunch of people that are just going off. Like it's, it's different than just playing like a pop punk show where people are like bouncing, like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's just such a different, um, playing experience from that point of view, uh, than anything I've ever done. Well, hardcore just has such a, a different raw, you get like an interaction at a hardcore show that you don't get at any other show. And even some metal shows you don't get as you know most people are just singing along there is just like an urgency at a hardcore show 
of like everyone needs to sing whatever line they know as loud as they can. People are crawling on each other and it's it's about getting, you know, your aggression out and and just having a, a good time. But it is uh, you know, going I mean and the sing alongs for C D C were like some of the most ridiculous parts like ever and that was because we thought it was hilarious like right i'm sorry i i played bass in cdc but then there were tours where like you know somebody from the band couldn't do the tour so i would wind up playing guitar for the for the tour right or i would there was tours where i sang i mean the last tour i did was for four months straight and i was with this band fight like hell and blood stand still okay yeah and uh i sang that entire time and my voice has never been the same since. <laughs> but um, like, let me tell you how I was never embarrassed by our lyrics because they are absolutely ridiculous at times. Um, they were, but uh, it never got old hearing the entire room scream "Roadhead Block Parties" after every show. <laughs> like that was hilarious to me like i thought that was hilarious like that's what these people are super excited to say to scream at me like that i found that like just funny well that i always enjoyed that aspect of like some hardcore bands too that took the piss out of themselves and didn't take themselves too serious too i mean we were also a bunch of skinny ass white kids from from the suburbs of philadelphia playing tough guy hardcore so, yeah i mean we didn't look the part <laughs> yeah. at all yeah but, but then there was people. I'm sure you guys got people that thought you were dead serious, like trying thought, to. They, I bet you they. All, everybody who heard us before they saw what we looked like thought we were like we looked like the dudes from like a hundred demons or shattered realms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were sorely disappointed when they saw our actual pictures. That makes it that much better, though, yeah. for sure. I always. That's another part of it I always found funny. Now, what was the uh, what was the first hardcore show you ever went to? Big show or small? Small. And then give your big. Well, the first, I'll do the big one because that's the first one I remember. The first big one I went to was, um, I think it was like 98. It was at the Troc in Philly. And it was a uh, VOD, Vision Disorder. Candiria, buried alive, Scarhead. Damn, it's a hell of a first show. And Danny from Scarhead beat the shit out of some guy and his girlfriend in the front row. Jesus Christ, that sounds about right. It was. It's like a show that still gets talked about in the Philly areas. It was. It was. It was insane. Um, my first small show. There was a um, so the town I grew up in, like I don't know if you remember from the live stream, but the town I grew up in was like a uh, in the late '90s and like early 2000s. Was like uh, everybody came here, so like we were just no. There was this place called Lansdale, and uh, like we had uh, this, there was a um, a label out of our area called Double Down Records by this dude Mitch, who was in this band uh, Forever I Burn, and they, they were on. Uh, purity records and then um there, his label is called double down records and he put out every band from our area um and there was a comp that he did that's become like in this area pretty infamous and it was had this it was called screaming be heard and it was uh dysphoria um who's one of my 
he was probably the first hardcore band I got into. Uh, so it's like Dysphoria, uh, Chine, 13 PFP, and a bunch of like other smaller bands. Well, the release show for that was my first big, uh, first like local hardcore show. I had gone to like punk rock shows before, uh, but like that's like the first like hardcore show I went to. Yeah, punk always seems like, a, especially at that time frame, like my first show wasn't until the early 2000s. Eric, I think yours was probably late 90s then too, right? Uh, yeah, like I think it was like right around 2000, One King Down in Syracuse was the first Nice. Time. Yeah. Yeah, we we grew up like what? Well, we grew up like a half hour outside of Syracuse, so we obviously yeah. went to shows in Syracuse. Uh, uh we we had friends in Syracuse. Uh, fuck, or that area. Ben Shaw. Oh yeah, a drummer for Forfeit. Yeah, it's my boy. I love Ben. Yeah, Ben was like Ben used to book us up there all the time. Uh, yeah, I remember. I think I definitely saw you guys in like Oswego, New York. And you guys used to play Oswego, New York. I played Oswego. Yep. Yeah. Nights of Columbus. Oswego. I couldn't tell you with who. Maybe, uh, oh no, that was, fuck. Uh, we played with Recon a bunch up there in like 2004. We played yeah. with Recon before they were Recon. I feel like I, <laughs> I saw you guys a few times with Life Runner. Uh, we played with them. I'm, I'm sure you probably saw us with them, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we played a lot. Of, well, uh, the Northeast and up there, we played a lot with, uh, I swear to God, and Flight. But those are like the, the the two bands that we became like instantly friends with, and we tried to do as many weekends together as possible. Nice. And so we did probably twenty weekends a year where we would just play the same areas, <laughs> just because we were we all, all become such good friends and right. it just became such fun hanging out. And sure. uh, those, uh, I mean, you you can attest to it. you and Eric are got a few years on me. Uh, I'm uh thirty two, and but uh it. You know, it, it, the hardcore scene has always kind of evolved. Like when I first started going, you know, you could go see super heavy bands on the same bill as Hope's Fall because they were signed to Trust Kill. Uh, but then, you know, it started like uh, there's been so many different waves and stuff like that. Do you still go to shows? Uh, the shows that I go to now are like much bigger. So, like, and Hatebreed did their 20th anniversary tour for fucking Satisfaction. I fucking went just because oh, yeah. it's one of my favorite Arca records of all time. Um, oh, sure. <coughs> uh, when, try, like, I'll go to This Is Hardcore maybe instead of all three days, maybe I'll, uh, it's been a couple years, but when I do go, I go for, like, maybe the Saturday or Friday most of the time. Uh, it depends who's playing. Um, I like going to bigger shows now I'm more into like just seeing bands that I want to say I saw before I die I, I think uh, I think we're in the same boat too like uh, some of the show, most of the shows that I go to now are all like the bigger shows uh, exactly yeah, same, what, same exactly like what if you I said have friends that come through if I have friends that come through that's different like uh, I'm still really good friends with the dudes from uh, For the Fallen Dreams so when they came when they got back together with with their singer Chad singing and they did their first tour again, like uh, last year or the year, I forget the year before me. Jesus. See, it all just blends together. Uh, they played in Easton and I went up and I saw and hung out with them. And that was the first like hardcore show I had been to like in quite some time. I saw that you speaking of bigger shows, I saw that you were able to meet uh, Tobias from ghost. Yeah. Are yeah. you now you're a ghost fan then, right? 
Oh, absolutely. Hell yeah. Yeah, I, I love that band. And I love the their imagery, especially. Like, I don't know, I've always been one for um, theatrics. That's always appealed to me when it comes to like shows and music and stuff like that. So, like, I was always into the Misfits and I was always into like, you know, things like that. But then when I was in middle school, I was really, I loved Marilyn Manson, like, Antichrist era. Like, uh, I saw him on, like, right in between that and, um, mechanical animals so like right before he was glam when he was still cutting himself was like the first time i saw him and like the theatrics of that show were just i just love that and like you know i saw kiss when i was younger i saw uh fuck uh black sabbath pantera together was that an Oscar? Um, I mean, for Slipknot, when Slipknot's first record came out, like I'm, I'm not gonna say it to anybody. I don't care how uncool it is. I loved that record, and they were so much. They were they were so intense live. Oh yeah, I, I've seen and, Slipknot, and they're just. I mean, it it, it is. It's like uh, it's something you got to see to believe how much energy that they output now, in their show. Now you see them now times that energy by 10 and put them on a stage it's a third of the size and that's what i was seeing yeah i saw them the first i mean i saw them on ozfest 99 on the side stage against no the, i was fucking how old was i 16 years old i was up against the thing the barricade and it was crazy nobody knew who they were and they just kind of exploded and the entire crowd just exploded um it was it was insane. And then the next time they came, they didn't even headline. They played Philly opening for Coal Chamber at the Electric Factory. And oh, I saw them there. And that was awesome. And then I didn't see them for like years and years and years and years. <laughs> and then it's just randomly. Like, so the, the, the my last tour with CDC, it's, it's funny how these things go full circle. Uh, it was with the band uh, Bloodstained Still. Well, the singer for that for Bloodstained Still is now a guitar tech for Marilyn Manson and a tour and the, one of the production managers for Rob Zombie. So I've gone to see Marilyn Manson and Rob Zombie every time they've come to this area, like in the past five years. I was gonna say they've and, done like four legs of that like uh, Twins of Evil tour. Yeah, and then I saw like when uh, Zombie was with Slipknot, I went and hung out with my boy Mark. And oh, Manson was with Slipknot, and I went out, hung out with Mark, and it was like you know all that shit is fun, man. It's just we, it's 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 cool to see. The coolest was though was when he, I show up to hang out, and he's like, "Yo, here," and he hands me a pass, and I didn't realize like I could go anywhere with it. <laughs> and I'm on stage during Marilyn Manson, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! I'm like looking at the crowd in Camden, and I'm like, if you had told like. 16 year 15 year old kevin that he'd be on stage with Marilyn, like like watching Marilyn manson like freely and not like for only a second and then like just being able to do whatever you want like i would have told you were an idiot uh, again full circle though when you talk about like the the theatrics and in, in music and you talk about you know it's all like goes right back around to horror you know alice cooper oh, yeah. alice cooper rob, rob zombie. zombie all that oh goes back to having that horror element and that theatrical element on stage. And then I can even go fur further full circle. And you were at the beginning of this talking about how you've seen my posters. You didn't realize they were mine, but you've seen my work. Um, uh, my boy got me to be able to give a copy of my poster, my devil's, uh, our de it was mostly Cody's actually, our devil's rejects poster to um, Rob. Rob was like, I've seen this. 
I saw it all over the internet. No shit. That's crazy. Like, that's fucking cool. And then I gave him, I got to give him my Halloween, my Rob Zombie Halloween poster. And he, he signed, he signed mine and everything. He was like, this one I've seen. He's like, and this one I like. And I did, I got to give him a copy and shit. I didn't get to meet Sherry, but I got to eat lunch next to them. <laughs> like, you know, like, like shit like that. Like, like those kinds of experiences, man. Like it, it's, it's cool to hear that people, whether or not they, they know that it's necessarily you, that they've seen your work. I mean, that's, cool. yeah. I mean, the next step for you is to get your name out there. Cause if people have, you know, there's work of yours that obviously we're discovering that I've seen. I was like, Oh shit. You know, right here being like, Oh shit, that's you. Uh, well, that's where I messed up. I didn't, I didn't do, um, when I started studio house, I mean, I started it, my wife named it in my, in our kitchen. Um, I did it for a project in, in towards the end of my time at art school. They, they wanted to get you to start thinking about after. So they wanted you to brand yourself. And I started studio house as literally an assignment for college to brand myself. No shit. And, All right. um, I then invited Cody into it, um, like later on and convinced him to do cons. And that's how we started doing every, all this stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's. I made that mistake by using a brand instead of my name. Gotcha. So, do you so think? Do you think you're gonna I ever left use Studio House? I left behind everybody that knew that was my work. Uh. So, so the thirty thousand followers that Studio House has on Instagram have no idea that the the guy that did most of the actual drawing for Studio House, as the, as we were coming up. And who actually started it left the business. So, dude, I didn't. I didn't know until I saw the live stream and then saw your page, and I was like, "Oh shit!" And then I started seeing your artwork, and I, as soon as I saw the Lost Boys artwork, I was like, "Oh shit, this yeah. is his art." You see, okay. And you can see the definite, definite like, change in uh, things that were produced. Oh, for sure, um, for sure. From CDS, from when I left to to now, so it's like you know, up until then, it was mostly things that were drawn, that were illustrated, that were posters and stuff. And then <clears throat> Cody got slowly became started to become obsessed with the VHS culture, and that's just kind of once once I left, he was able to just do that full on. And he's done. I guess I, I haven't talked to him. I guess he's done well for himself. I'm. I, he has thirty thousand followers, so they got to be buying something. Yeah, I, I remember buying something from you at at the studio house table. Actually, I bought the the Monster Squad Dracula pin from you. I remember that's why when yes. we were talking about doing this pot, I was like, yeah, like I remember buying something from him. That was mine. Yeah, which that is was... also uh, I know it's not a print, but that's one of my favorites too. I love that. It pin. is a print. That pin. Oh, is it a print? Yeah, I I actually drew that um, as a poster for. Um, a screening of Monster Squad in Allentown. Oh, that's rad. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen the poster. I mean, I have the pin, but I've never seen the poster. That's rad. I'll post, uh, I'll post it for my um, Friday this week for my flashback. Oh, def- oh definitely. Oh, I, do, I do have it. I do, I do still have my copies. Um, yeah, I, I still have a bunch of copies of stuff. Like I still have all the APs for my Halloween. Um, I have a couple. Of, uh, I have a couple copies of like the Big Hero Six I did and. I'm trying to think. Creepshow. Um, Dude, get some uh, get some copies of this shit made and, and post them because I know. I mean, there's a couple of us. I know Eric's good for any kind of Monster Squad related item for oh, sure. I got, yeah, I got you for that. That's for sure. That's that's me as well. 
Me as well. Yeah, that's, that's, my, my, that's, that's my movie. That's my movie for sure. You know? Big Trouble in Little China and Monster Squad are my movies. Oh, I can't go wrong with either one of those. Yeah. No. And then, like, for straight horror, it's Halloween all the way. Speaking of Halloween, how did you, because I saw you did an official, an officially yeah. licensed uh, mm-hmm. poster for the 40th anniversary Halloween? Yeah, um, they had the, the H40 Con in California, mm-hmm. and um, I had, well, a couple of the galleries in Cali were uh, licensing, getting licensing for prints for the con. And so I had done a, I had done posters for uh, Hero Complex Gallery in Cali, quite a few. I did a, I did a Boba Fett poster. That was the first one that we did. I, I did an official licensed Walking Dead poster for them. I did a uh, uh, Gangs in New York, Bill the Butcher. Um, thank God I died, True American poster for them. Another side for. That's probably one of my favorite posters I've ever done. Uh, but, uh, and so I, I talked to my buddy over there and I was like, what's going on? What are you guys doing for H40? And he was just like, we're, uh, we're, we got the licensing, blah, 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 blah. Do you want to do something? I said, I think there was like three weeks until the con. I was like, oh, that's pushing it. So I, I banged that poster out in like, while working a full-time job um, in three weeks, I think, and sent it off, got it printed, and the printing sucked. Had to get it reprinted. (laughs) But it got to the con, and it's probably the best poster I've ever drawn. Yeah, dude, that one is another one. And and when I saw it, I saw it, and then I, I... I immediately didn't think like, oh, this is an officially licensed poster. But then I, when I saw that it was, I was just like, that is, uh, that's like something to say. Like, I mean, obviously it's not like impossible to get something an officially licensed, but that's a feather in your cap, especially when you do it something for the 40th anniversary too. That's something, oh, yeah. that's something really fucking cool to say. Yeah. I got to give one to John Carpenter. Oh. That was, that was probably, um, that was probably one of the coolest things. Getting, getting, getting to see his reaction to the poster and 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 get, be, being able to hand him one, so it's pretty. Uh, it was pretty rad. Now, uh, yeah. now, how did now you? I'm a fan. I'm a fan. So like, like being able to meet these people that I'm fans with, like through my work is is pretty cool. Oh. I got to admit that. Well, that's like uh, that's the whole like going back to your Lost Boys story, like having you know someone like Billy Worth see uh, your Lost Boys art and like it so much, and, and it just stems from there. And then he realizes that you're a fan of his work, even beyond the Lost Boys and things like that. Otherwise, well, I mean, you, it, didn't, you, it didn't it didn't hurt that me and my wife had just finished watching Chicago PD, right, and right, I realized right. when I saw him in person that it was him. I was like, holy shit, <laughs> Billy fucking Worth. <laughs> You were on fucking. Hey, it just it went right from there. So that was also just happenstance. Right, time. right, right. <laughs> now, how did you do the? Um, how did you get uh, on board to do the that Fangoria cover with Kevin Smith, which was an, another one, dude. Uh, I know I'm uh, waxing your car here, but I'm I'm just I'm loving like seeing all your prints and realizing all the stuff that you've done. Another one that I've seen. I'm sure Eric, you saw that one before too, the Fangoria Kevin Smith yeah, one. So rad, seriously. Oh, thanks, man. So um again, that spawned from 
being at a con, uh, we from vending a con. We it was bizarre AC. Fangoria sent a um, Fangoria was based in Jersey at the time. Uh, they sent a correspondent there, and the dude loved our work. He loved our Hellraiser poster that we had released at the con, and um, just started talking to us. And like jokingly, I was like, "Yo." Oh, he was like, I would love to interview you guys. So we're like, hell yeah. So like weeks later, he, um, I think it was like a month later, he actually interviewed us for the, for the, for the magazine, which never went to print. Uh, I don't know if you know the history of Fangoria at all, but like the last two years, it was officially a magazine where like hell. Yeah, like, they, they were the, not there was, able to print things. The the dude wasn't paying people. Yeah, I was gonna say where people weren't getting their subscriptions. Yeah, uh, he wasn't paying the writers. He wow. wasn't paying the, the 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 people that were contributing to the magazine. Wow. And so the writers started withholding their stories and not sending them over until they were paid. I remember hearing a bunch of controversy uh, about yeah, that when and, they before they obviously got reformed right. and got their footing again. Right. So. He stepped down, and this turns out this dude who had interviewed us was now promoted to editor in, editor in chief. No shit. So this was like the last two issues that Fangoria did before it folded, and he and I, I had always joked with him because we had always stayed in touch, and they had run um, he had run a contest through the Fangoria social media, which was amazing. I mean, when I tell you that that brought in traffic to. And exposure, I can't even begin to explain. I mean, like, our phone was just, our phones were just blowing up from our posters selling from those posts that he did for Fangoria. It was awesome. It was, it was such a crazy feeling. And um, I'd always joked with him, like, yo, you should let me draw a cover. That's, that's like, that's one of my dreams. You should let me draw a cover. That'd be cool shit. And he called me up and he's like, yo, did you hear? I was like, what that you're a big dick and he's like yep <laughs> and he, he was like so you want to draw a cover i was like are you serious and he was like yeah i was like absolutely and we we <clears throat> discussed the terms and everything and i started working on it and it was my project that was like my baby cody helped out with like the background and the layout i did uh the drawing oh and he uh he drew um parts of what was it? He drew parts of uh, the the walrus and parts of the uh, the the golem, the big the big hockey dude. Oh, okay. Uh, the rest of it was completely mine, and that was my design, my baby. Like that was. He didn't really even care about doing it. I was like, "You're insane! This is amazing! I don't even care if I don't get paid," which was a lie. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so I turn it in. It's approved. I turned it in in August that year, and I hadn't heard anything. And then October hits, and they announce it, and pre-sales go up. Dude, my parents pre-ordered a copy. I had friends pre-ordering copies. We had people on social media pre-ordering copies. Kevin Smith was posting it, and never printed. Nobody ever got a refund. Terrible. Uh, it was the la- only went to digital, the last issue of Fangoria at the time. And um, it was kind of devastating. I never got paid. Uh, <laughs> Damn. Um, 
a year later uh, was when I had left the studio house and I was starting Death Cat. And so I decided I had, I was allowed, I kept full rights to the image and um, I was allowed to uh, print uh, copies of the, the cover. And so I printed up my own copies, just a digital run, a print of digital, uh, run of digital prints. And I spoke with Kevin's, um, well, Jason's, Jason, Jay Muse, his wife, Jordan, runs Kevin's company. And I was put in contact with her and Kevin wound up inviting me to one of his shows in Philly. And I got to go backstage and I got to meet him and he signed uh, 37 prints. <laughs> Appropriately yeah. enough. And he was like, I really hope you can sell these and make something for your amazing art. That's, That's awesome. awesome. And I have, and I sold them all. That's great. I was, uh, and, and it was, he was so gracious and so humble and so appreciative of, of the work. And he was so fucking chill. Um, and he, he was, he was funny cause he was like, yeah, we, uh, we sank that shit together. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like, you know, that was, that was another cool thing. Like, you know, beating Mallrats is one of my favorite 90s movies. Oh, Mallrats by far my favorite Kevin Smith film too. Um, Same. Oh. Brody Bruce is his is his genius. <laughs> Pure genius. Oh my god. Look at this monument was, of consumerism. He was everything I, he was every witty person I wanted to be in the 90s and early 2000s was uh, Jason Lee in Mallrats. Well, so. Jason, Jason Lee was just like, as soon as I saw Mallrats, shortly after, I found out that he was a professional skateboarder, too. Oh, I knew he was beforehand, and I I, I didn't put two and two together. Oh, my God. This, I mean, he, he's just had, like, an awesome, like, career trajectory, too, from, like... Minus, minus the Scientology. Is he a Scientologist? I think he was. Interesting. Jeez, I didn't, I didn't know that. I know he's... Uh, yeah. Definitely didn't know that. I know he's like big into photography. Okay, good. But um, yeah, I mean that's that's my favorite Kevin Smith movie, and I even told him that, and I even had so like Monster Mania had Joey Lauren Adams. I started and Jason London in in, um in uh Maryland. I started a a Mallrats poster. I have almost everyone but Shannon and Claire. Because I mean, Kevin signed it. Jay Jay signed it. Like that's right. He did you get my Star Wars Force Awakens poster? Because <laughs> he did a voice of a stormtrooper. <laughs> <laughs> he was dude. He literally was like, "What else you got? Come on, this is fun." He was just that's awesome. Cool. Did uh, awesome. did you get Rooker on that Mallrats poster? Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Oh yeah, I got Stan Lee on it too. Wow. No shit. That that's a that's a piece right there then. Yeah, I'm I'm a collector. I mean, you saw my my room on Dan's on Dan's uh, live show. Oh like, yeah, I have I, and I have so much shit. I, my my current my my most recent thing was I got Devin Sawa's uh, costume from Idle Hands. Dude, I saw that, and you talked about that in the live stream. But that is so. Uh, and, and you had talked about how cool uh, Devin Sawa was too. Uh, did you? Meet, oh, yeah, he was cool. Did you meet him yeah. just at the last Monster Mania? Was it the first time you met him? I didn't. I didn't at all. I, I didn't get to go. Oh shit! I was so mad because I want to so bad now, especially now. I, I want to. 
because I wanted to come up with like a display for it, and I want him to sign the display. Oh, that that's gonna be rad. Because you don't really like I don't know. People are weird. So like, if I ever wanted to resell it, it would get less money if it was signed. Like, and and you could see it because right. it's not like quote unquote screen accurate. Mm-hmm. And so like, I wouldn't get him to sign that. But like, I mean, I have I have Bruce Campbell's costume from fucking Ash versus Evil Dead. That's my Evil Dead. Bruce Campbell is one of my top five favorite actors of all time. Um, I have I have David Arquette's uniform from Screen Four. Now, where'd you stumble upon all this uh, movie worn uh, wardrobe shit? Auctions, man. Like auctions, just friends. When you when you get into something, I mean, you know, do you, do you collect anything? Oh yeah, I mean, we we are are kind of sick with uh, several things uh, behind me right now. Is just a plethora of shit I have no room for and it's just overflowing. I say like what's what's your what's like your most valuable collection? My most valuable? I mean, obviously we all collect movies and, and things like that, but sure. right now it's definitely like I guess it's probably my Ramon stuff. It's not horror related stuff. Uh, but horror related stuff, like I'm big on Lost Boys prints. Like I have several Lost Boys prints, and I'm a and I'm a big flag guy. Like I have like flags, did and I have. The, did you get the um the Dave Merrill Lost Boys? Which one's that? Oh, uh, the the it was a private commission. It was a thing. It was a commission on Facebook, where it was like I don't even remember. I think there was only forty prints done. I got one. It's uh. If, when when we're done, look it up. It's uh, all of the vampires hanging asleep, and uh, Sam and the Frog Brothers below them in like their cave, holding a flashlight up to them, and it's so dark and fucking awesome. Does it say the name Lost Boys like up above their feet or something like that? Says the name Lost Boys in the flash. In the flash, I dude. I have I have seen that art actually. I think like Amp Posters posted it or something. It's awesome yeah person. i know exactly which one you're talking about and if you get a chance to look up that dude's top gun poster it's fucking amazing oh man nah, I'm, gonna have, it's, I'm gonna have to it's from the perspective of the russian looking up <laughs> as maverick and fucking goose are going over him giving him the finger you know what i'm saying that's what's it, what's this artist name again you said david dave merrell it's like m-e-r-r-e-l-l i think like that something like that dude he is what like currently one of my favorite artists oh no shit. I'm, in a, I'm in another group just because i love his work for a christmas vacation and it is literally like i shit you not they just posted the final art it is christmas vacation set like the uh last supper oh my fucking god oh that's awesome it's amazing does this dude have a uh, an instagram page i don't know i don't know i'm not sure i found him on on facebook no, because that uh, in like the the commission groups and stuff like that. See, like that's the thing. If you're into collecting something, you're on their Facebook groups. Like you know where to find their expensive shit. Like you know you you know who to connect with just from constantly checking all this stuff. So like for the props and stuff, like I've just made contacts, and there's so many screen used. Um, Facebook groups, and you know you start to learn where, like you know what a good certificate looks like like who who who's like a, a reputable uh because everybody fakes coas man everybody and for an autograph that's one thing but like for something like that which is kind of like more of an investment when you're putting like 
a thousand bucks out for like a, a for a prop or something like that that's only going to appreciate in value you want something like hard and concrete that you know is like reputable right not like not like some dude sitting in his house typing up a, a, a certificate of authenticity on a fucking on Microsoft Word and then yeah. signing it. Like you know, like you just uh, you ask where I where I find this stuff. It's just I'm always constantly looking for it, so it's just it's nowhere to look. See, uh, like I'm on eBay all the time, um, but I, I'm I'm on. Uh, that's where I got the idle hands, man. No shit, I gotta start like look. I guess they're looking but at it. Came with, but it, it came with a certificate from from the, the the movie company from Sony. No shit. And I mean, it's it's it's. I mean, you can't fucking fake it. It's a perfect match. Now, what do we? I mean, I mean I'm not gonna fucking rappers inside. Kevin's <laughs> out was like candy wrappers. In. No shit. Now, 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 what are we talking here for something like that? Are we talking in the. Lower thousands? Are we talking hundreds? What are we talking about? I hope my wife, I hope my wife doesn't listen to this. Um, <laughs> it was like uh, seven? Seven thousand? No. Oh, seven hundred. Yeah. Okay, that's okay. That that's about what I would I would be be all right with if I got something like if I was putting a bid in on that. I mean, seven seven K would be a little <laughs> different. My Bruce. Costume is just it's it's a it's not a stunt it's not one like his stunt guys wore it's the one he wore was thirteen oof hundred thirteen hundred okay for some reason I'm again, expecting some of this stuff again, to be much more of, when they got rid of all when they were selling all the stuff from the show um, it was actually a, a company that had all of that that got like uh, what's called the studio consigned all the props to. And then they sell them all on eBay. No shit. So you get a you get a certificate from Stars. Oh I mean, wow! Okay, the yeah, because they're the studio that did it. It was a Stars original. Yeah, I mean it's, yeah. it's straight from Stars. But like you know the person like they have a third party do all the the, the the footwork for them. That's all it is, and they just happen to use eBay now. Like, dude, like the Necronomicons. When I know Chris Hardwick from the Nerdist Ball, when I think it was like twenty-five grand. Oh shit! Uh, his chainsaw was. I, th- I think I saw chainsaws going for like six to ten. Damn. Hey, if I had that kind of money, I'd be doing it too. <laughs> Same. If I had that kind of money, I would. <laughs> shit. Now, uh, before uh, before we wrap this up, uh, I'm gonna hit. Um... And Erica, you can feel free to, to chime in with which one you prefer. A little either or questions. Uh, uh, which one would you prefer? Um, and we're going with uh, we got a couple a mo- couple movie ones and a couple characters from movies. Which one do you prefer over the other one? Okay. All right. First one: Corey Feldman as Mouth in The Goonies, or Corey Haim in Silver Bullet as Marty. Uh, mouth. I'm, I'm a huge I'm a huge Goonies fan so um, like that's like that and like Monster Squad were like my fucking childhood movies so I gotta go Goonies gotta go Goonies how about you Eric I you, love you... me some Stephen King but I gotta go Goonies oh yeah uh, you know what I'm gonna go Silver Bullet here I, I I mean I love the Goonies but I think I don't know I think Silver Bullet actually means a little bit more to me now uh interesting Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 or Hellraiser 2? Hellraiser 2. 
Well, I mean, you can't compare them really because Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two is is more of a horror comedy. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. It's like a horror movie, and Hellraiser Two is like straight evil. But if you were gonna if you were gonna pick one, if someone said pick those two movies out and said which one do you want to watch tonight, I would do Hellraiser Two. But you, Eric. Uh, I'm not trying to go exactly against everything he says, of course. I'm scared too. See, that one would probably be so hard for me if it's tonight. I I'm... love Clive, and like I love his like the aesthetic that he has. In oh films. yeah, it's... so it's like that's like as somebody that loves visuals and and loves to pull inspiration from visuals. I gotta say, man, like. Hellraiser takes it over Texas Chainsaw, even in their fucking crazy cavernous thing in Texas Chainsaw too, with everything going on in that. I still gotta go with Hellraiser. I'm I'm loving the Clive love because I feel like the Clive love is uh, a little lackluster uh, compared to uh, other horror uh, icons. Uh, he's dude. He's another one. I mean, I, we we didn't get to meet him, but his agent emailed us when he saw our, our Hellraiser poster. And asked for copies for Clive's archive. That's so awesome. Dude. And I said, gladly. Now, in exchange, would Clive be willing to sign our copies? And dude said, absolutely. Sign our sign our copies. Send them back to us. It was great. Wow. So cool. Now, Clive was probably the most. Uh, he's obviously um, his health isn't in uh, tip top shape. And uh, there was yeah. big, there was big lines at the last uh, Monster Mania. Uh, he rolled in, and I don't think I think me and maybe two guys in their fifties and my girlfriend realized that it was Clive Barker that rolled in in a wheelchair and was apologizing for the wait. Um, and I was just like, and people are just like, the guy next to me is like, oh, how that, how would the hell does that guy know? Why'd that guy come in here? Is he run the con? And I was just like, oh, that was Clive Barker, sir. Um. But super gracious wow. was dude was drawing on his lunch break was illustrating like Nightbreed like renditions on his if lunch break and selling the them. Time, I would have bought one, but I know that he, he charges like four hundred bucks for one of his drawings. Oh yeah, very very pricey, unfortunately. But uh, but yeah. Uh, so the next one, uh, Ripley in Aliens, or Ripley in Alien Three. Aliens. Come on. I, I, Alien 3 was horrible. I, I mean, like, her look and her demeanor being a little more, like, worn down and worse for the wear, a little more... I, it's so hard to say she was more badass because Aliens was so badass. Seriously. I mean, dude, like, Alien 3 did not have get away from her, you bitch. Yeah. That... <laughs> like, or those dude, amazing like... Reebok... Uh, Oh, oh, God. The and, the, and the, the loader, like it, it just, it, man, it would have been harder if you said Ripley and Aliens or Ripley and Alien. That would have been hard. See, I feel like, uh, like I like, I, I love her. I love Ripley and Alien Three. But yeah, I, even now saying that, I'm just like, oh, Aliens is just. Thank you, James Cameron. Thank you. I wish I could. I wish they would release the um the, the David Fincher. Uh, version of Alien Three. Yeah, the assemb the assembly cut, right? Yeah, yeah. I would love to see his version. So I think it is out in maybe the quadrilogy box set. The Fincher cut. 
Let me check real quick. I don't think I've ever. I mean, I bought the quadrilogy for my mom. It might be the. It might be like a producer's cut. Maybe it's not the assembly cut. Oh, you want to talk about a movie that's made infinitely better by the producer's cut, Halloween 6. Oh, God, yes. That, oh, tre- that tremendous. one of my favorite Halloweens. All right, so for some reason, I don't see it. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just like a per- like a producer's cut, but I know there's a, an assembly cut like bootleg that traveled around in the early 2000s for a while. Yeah, yeah, and it was the same with um the uh the with Halloween 6. There was a there was a bootleg that went around of the producer's cut. And uh and same with uh all the the footage, some of the footage that be that they put back into uh, Nightbreed for the Cabal cut. Oh yes, yeah. You know, there were bootlegs of that sh- of that shit going around, um, but I don't think I've ever heard of or seen the actual uh, Fincher cut of Alien Three. Okay, so maybe it's not on. Just like I want to see the Zack Snyder cut of fucking Justice League. Now, was that? It was never. It was never released, even on Blu-ray. The Zack Snyder cut. Nope. Really. Nope. Is there reasonings behind it? Well, I mean, he left Justice League because his daughter killed herself. Right, but like they, the studio just had no interest in trying to oh, like they, just. They brought in Joss Whedon, and Joss Whedon finished the movie. So he didn't even he didn't finish. But he did... had he apparently had a cut of the film. There is a Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. So he cut it with what he like had three left. Three hours long. Wow. And and apparently from what everyone said, like including the stars, like Jason Momoa has gone out and said, it is so much different and infinitely better than what was released to the public. No shit. And I want to see it. I really want to see it. And like all the stars have actually posted like, uh, like, like the hashtag, like, I think it's like release the Snyder cut or something like that. Snyder cut justice. League. I forget justice for Snyder cut. I forget what the hashtag was, but they've all posted it. Like they all want it to come out too. Wow. So uh, the next one. Oh, yeah. Get... So what do we got here? Okay. So obviously I did a little research just to make sure I had some some interesting questions. And I know after viewing your um, your Instagram and finding some trinkets, I know you're a Metallica fan. Uh, absolutely. So Injustice for All or Ride the Lightning? Injustice for All. Is Injustice for All your favorite? Injustice for All is my favorite. Same, same. <laughs> Although, I will say Cliff Burton is my favorite person in Metallica ever, and uh, Orion, I think, is their masterpiece, but Injustice for All is my favorite front-to-back Metallica record. Eric, you're going Injustice for All, too, right? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Which is so, it's so funny because... I have to echo your sentiments about Cliff as well, but it's so funny because that's just such, you know, all, uh, an infamously baseless uh, recording, too. Have you heard, like, the people that, like, redo the songs by adding bass? I just doesn't have the same feel for it for me. And as much as I love bass playing in Metallica, especially the first three records with Cliff, it just doesn't have the same feel for it if you add the bass in there. 
I don't know, man. I think some of the some of the versions I've heard sound so ballsy. Sounds so much heavier. I think I want. I, I don't know. And they just redid the. They just did the twentieth anniversary of it. And you think that they would have like gone back and <laughs> remixed it. Like that's that's usually what you do when you do like those anniversaries. You remix the album. Yeah, of and course. Remaster it. They didn't fucking touch it, and they were like, "Yeah, we're not going to touch it." Like, so like twenty years later, Newstead's probably still throwing his arms up in the air. Like, come the fuck on. Well, they uh because they own all their masters too now with uh, Black and Records, so they pretty much no studio has any kind of bearing of like, well, we want you to remaster it, we want you to do this. They call their own shots with all their their entire catalog. Yeah, but that's the thing for all the other twentieth anniversaries, they fucking remastered <laughs> the records. <laughs> they had to have done that just to just to fucking just to spite like the people that have always bitched about the, the having no bass. Say, like, come the fuck on, man kills me i'm like uh, that's the one i was looking forward to i was like i will buy the 200 dollars box set of injustice for all if you tell me that's the only way i get the remastered version of bass i think those songs too i feel like that was for me seeing all the all archival footage of metallica uh and being a fan for so long i think their most deadliest live was after they in between injustice and the black album when jason was doing some more vocals jason would do like uh like more more backing vocals and was just oh, like the uh, like the live shit binge and purge oh yeah the, the live box set like yeah going that because that stuff was filmed or was recorded I that think was injustice and blackout yes yeah, that was both, both those but they were just like so Jason made that band so vicious and heavy on those injustice tours and going into the black album and stuff and when he sings like uh, seek and destroy too on some of those live That's versions awesome. oh my god awesome. some of my favorite Metallica live shit ever. And also, uh, what he would do for during Creeping Death. Oh yeah. Um, and dude, his the bass solos on that live shit, Binge and Purge, are some of my favorite. Like the, the interludes that they do, like the breaks, because on the Black album, there's the song that he wrote, which was uh, My Friend Misery, and it's one of my favorite Metallica songs, believe it or not. And it's on the fucking Black album. It yeah. Makes no sense, I know. But um, I just love the bass line in it. It's such a good fucking heavy song, and. Uh, yeah, I went to a Ryan festival in 2012. They played uh, in AC. And it's just so, dude, this is another crazy story. So my um, my wife, she's from Atlantic City, like that area. Uh, her father-in-law has a very big plumbing business. He got the contract for a Ryan festival. So we had backstage passes. We had wristbands that got us literally everywhere that whole weekend. No shit. I'm sitting there eating lunch next to James Hetfield and his fucking family. I'm eating their chicken wings. <laughs> like, it was insane. And it was the first time they had ever played Escape from Ride the Lightning and My Friend Misery from the Black Album the next night. So the first night they did Ride the Lightning from back to front instead of front to back. Because it was the 20th or 30th? 30th anniversary? And um, the next night they did... Uh, the black album from back to front Damn. and dude hearing my friend misery live was fucking awesome and hearing escape live which they've said that they hated uh was so awesome but uh dude that was that's another one like ghost would play that they played at one o'clock in the afternoon in a feet in a in a field and like 
sun beating down on everybody. It was weird. It was strange, man. But like I'm standing backstage watching them walk on stage and I'm like, this is fucking amazing. And yeah, it's dude, like mind seeing them, Like seeing them in person was what made me really start, like, you know, in theatrics, really start to like them as a band. Yeah, they, uh, they're, they're one of the few, you know, newer bands of the last, whatever, 10 or 11 years that they've been around that are really, you know, going for it as far as like a stage presence and performance. And I've seen them, I think three times now. And every time I see them, the show gets bigger. They put the money, the money that they make, you can see that they put it back into their show. Oh, absolutely. And they're going to make more money in the long run doing just that because they're going to bring people back. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, how many people I saw, um, at the last time ghost played around here, uh, the tour named death or something like that. They played at the tower and they were like, how many people, how many is this the first time you've seen Ghost? And like, you know, the smattering of hands, like, you know, the, the few people. And then um, they're like, how many people are here because they saw us at Iron Maiden and the fucking place erupted? Oh, yeah. Like, you know, they, they, they stole so many shows from Iron Maiden and made so many new fans because of their show. No easy feat either. No, not at all. So, like, yeah, they're, they're reinvesting their money where they're supposed to because look in the long run. And, I mean, they're selling out the Tower Theater, which is a pretty big thing. Oh, a- absolutely. And now they're playing arenas. And, and like I said, like, when I first saw them, they had, like, they had like a, like a backdrop, like a stained glass-looking backdrop. And then the second time I saw them, they had actual stained glass and, mar- and a marble floor with a big, like, seven podiums that they were climbing up what, on. What tour was the first one you saw them on? The first, actually, if I'm not mistaken, it was wasn't even that long ago because it was their first bigger headlining show or headlining tour, and I think it was 2000. It was right when the Pope Star. Apparently, that was their first, which I didn't know, uh, was their first legit big, long, extended U.S. tour. Was uh, when they put yeah, out the, the Pope, Pope Star. Star, and that was like, that was like really sick. And then I saw him. Again, they played Syracuse at the Krauss Heinz Theater, and they had more lights. They had, like, the marble floors with podiums. And then I saw them just – that was two or three years ago. And then I just saw them wow. on the, the Pale Tour named Death. Uh, yeah. Just, just, that was huge. Dude, that, that was, was awesome. Uh, that was probably – they're just one of those bands you see and you, you just have so much fun watching them because it's it's an event. It's like watching a, a movie that you've never oh, seen. absolutely. But Absolutely. You, even but even at one o'clock in the afternoon, it was an event. They didn't have any backdrop. The backdrop was Metallica stage. Like seeing them in 2012, 13, 2012, um, they'd only been a band for like two years at that point. Right. So they, they were, I think the biggest venue in Philly at that point, they had played with the Trocadero, which is small as shit was small as shit. Um, and you could still tell that, like, you know, they were they were much bigger than their setting. Yeah, they were. They, uh, they could fill if they want. If they if, give them some time and they'll they'll fill this whole entire area themselves. Because, I mean, like they were doing the theatrics, man. I mean, look at look at the other bands doing the theatrics right now. There really aren't many. It's like Marilyn Manson barely even does any theatrics. Rob Zombie just has a screen behind him playing crazy shit. And it's funny, though, because 
he does have like you know the the guys that come out in the big costumes. Yeah, and the stuff big like huge that. headed uh, like. Uh, that's my fucking friend. Yeah, that's oh, my friend. That's so great. <laughs> and um, what's it called? Uh, but like Marilyn Manson toned it down. He doesn't. Really, the only thing he still really does is like showman is like the Bible. Like the, he rips up the Bible still, and lights it on fire. Yeah. Like he's been doing that for twenty five years. Yeah. <laughs> um, Slipknot. I mean, they don't really have like a show. It's not like really about. It's more like straightforward, just them playing music. Right. Um, you have like in this moment they do a show. I could care less about them. Yeah. <laughs> Ghost is like the band like right now that is probably the best at it. They're, they're the best. What they, they, they do it. They're flying the flag. They do it so sure. tongue in cheek, and it's so funny to see all these people singing who like you know like go to church and all this other shit singing songs about the devil. Like I find the irony in that so hilarious. Like, oh, it... my my kid sings fucking like sings ghost songs, and I and. You know, like I grew up, my mom's a, my mom was a minister. I grew up like, you know, in that household and I find the irony of it all just fucking hilarious. Oh yeah. They knew, they know exactly what they're doing too. Uh, especially they don't take themselves serious. Uh, Tobias doesn't take himself serious when he's on stage too. He's always telling hilarious no. jokes and it's, it's such a fun atmosphere. And he's so, but like in person, he was so soft spoken and nice and he just dude he was like he was a pleasure to meet and he was very appreciative like um uh, I, we talked about uh Doug and Stephanie Doug Bradley and Stephanie who we um <clears throat> have become friends with as well through our Hellraiser poster and stuff like that and uh dude like and our pin the pins that we did for Hellraiser uh Doug wears all the time and fucking Tobias had one on one of his jackets and I took him the newer ones and I gave him the newer ones. And I, I, I had a couple of shirts that Dan actually embroidered with the upside down cross that we, that I had done of uh, the, the box, the upside down cross box. Yeah. And, uh, I gave him one of those and I was like, I hope I got your size, right? <laughs> I kind of judged it off the of Steph's, uh, Steph's, uh, suggestion. He was like, Oh yes, she, she, we should be good. We should. <laughs> and he was like, he was very, but he was like, this is so cool. He's like, I'm going to wear this. I can't wait. He was just fucking chill, man. He was so nice. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. And and I just uh, immediately when I when you were on Dan's uh, stream, uh, I went and checked out your site, and I saw that you did that Hellraiser, and I'd seen that artwork before, and I was just like, oh shit, this is a long sleeve shirt. I gotta pick it up and uh, yeah. print it on. You know, you didn't thank. I, I appreciate the fact that you printed on. Uh, uh, Toltex and not like Gildan or something. You print on like a really nice shirt too. Oh well, I uh, yeah, I got them to uh, when when um, so that was a collaboration I did with uh, Nehigh Horror, who was out of New York. Okay. And uh, he actually moved to Vegas now, but he uh, he was in New York, and I did that as a pin. And he was like, "Yo, do you want to do like a patch out of this?" I was like, "Sure." So he he got patches made, and he tossed me a few. And then, you know, we, I still have the pin, I still have some of the pins left as well. And then he was like, yo, I'm going to get these long sleeves made. You, you want to go in on some? I was like, sure. So, uh, our friends in, uh, Paul Bear Press out of Texas, who actually are hardcore, who are hardcore kids. Love Paul Bear Press. A great company. Yeah. They're, they're a bunch of hardcore dudes. Him and his wife. No shit. No shit. Very, very uh, nice. And, and I love all their products. Like, they know the bands that I toured with. Like, you know, 10 Crowns from, from Houston. Like, they are like, yeah, I know Ribs. 
you know, Ribs is our boy, man. Blah, blah, blah. Like, we're sitting there talking about, like, friends I've had for, like, 15, 20, almost 20 years. No shit. Like, you know, like, it's... Like we said, it's, it's all, it's, you know... It's funny, it's man. The cyclical. Cr- Everything is, like, you know, it's all just connected, man. The cross-contamination and, um, is very dude, nice. They, I was like, yo, just make sure they're on good quality shirts. I was like, and don't use Gildan. <laughs> yeah. Fuck Gildan. <laughs> I mean, one of my best friends does uh, owns Cold Cuts merch. Oh, yeah. Of course, yeah. John. So, like, that's well, you, one of my friends. And then, so, like, I mean, that was my drummer for TVC and Troublesome. And uh, I learned what shirts to to not print. To, to avoid. <laughs> Long ass time ago. Although, I have to admit, I do like the heavy, thick Gildan shirts just because I'm, like, a chubby kid. They fit best. Oh, yeah. If I'm, if I'm going, like, a heavier cotton shirt, I'll take an all-style all day. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Well, uh, all right, all right, man. I I really appreciate you giving uh, giving some time and and coming on and and telling some awesome stories, man. Yeah, anytime, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been fun. Now, I could sit here and talk for hours. Man. Oh yeah, it's uh, like whenever you uh, meet like minds, especially horror music related, uh, it's it's very easy to carry conversation. Yeah, and, and big thanks to a uh, Dan from Inked Up for. Oh. Uh, you know, making the connection, man. Yeah, of, it was, of course. It was, it was funny, dude, because it, I met Dan at a con, not realizing I had met him when I was in CDC. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> because we played with Incendiary. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, because Dan, play, Dan played in Incendiary. That's right. <laughs> like, at the beginning, which is, like, right when we played with him before I, I left CDC was when they were starting out. So we played with them when they were small. And Dan was the bass player. I was like, oh, shit. He's like, yeah, man. So, like, it, automatically there was, like, that connection. And we've been friends ever since. And once that connection was, like, found, we're like, holy shit, that's crazy. So I had seen Dan, like, and bought his, like, hats and stuff at, at cons and stuff. And, and he was always super nice. And uh, he was – I formally introduced myself to him at, uh, at the New Jersey Horror Con, three, like, three or four years ago. And he uh, – Was that the one where it was, like, leaking everywhere? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and uh, – we just started talking and I was just like, Hey man, like I just started a podcast. Uh, I got my phone on me. Do you want to record a, an episode right now? And he's like, yeah, man, let's do it. So he stood there li- literally like in a, si- awesome. in a side room. And he was the first guest guest on this, uh, on this, uh, astute, uh, podcast. And, uh, we just, and as soon as we started talking, we realized that, you know, uh, he's an older hardcore guy, like, I'm from Syracuse. I started going to shows in the early 2000s, so like we immediately like started hitting it off and uh, uh, quality products, and uh, more importantly, a quality guy. Oh, he is he's the best man. I mean, I've worked with him too in the past since leaving um, Studio House. I mean, I did uh, I've collabed with Dan on a few things on his uh, Letterman jackets, the varsity jackets. Yeah, I did the uh, not the Halloween the. Uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street one, the high school jacket. I yeah. did the claw on the front. This is so sick. And then I did like Stay Puffed, uh, Stay Puffed, the cannibalistic marshmallow man where he's <laughs> eating a marshmallow himself. <laughs> I mean, I've, done, I've done a couple of things with Dan, man. We actually have one coming out that's Lost Boys. Oh, oh. is that is that the one that's Bad Brains related that I'm seeing? Yes. Y'all, dude, um, you know I'm all in. I'm all in on yes. whatever you guys are doing. It's, it's, it is the Bad Brains... 
long, uh, Frog Brothers mashup. Oh my fucking god! Right up my so and, far up my alley. It's going to be. Funny. I told him I was like, you have to do at least one run on bright yellow t-shirts. Oh fuck yes! I'm I'm in for an XL all day. I'm buying it. <laughs> I was like, you have to. I was like, yo, do like the black ones. We know will sell more, but you have to, and you'll have to add another color to make it print. But. You have to do one run on Bad Brains yellow shirts. He's like, alright, I'll, I'll do it. One hundred percent. It's a must for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, Kevin, tell everyone where they can uh, where they can find you on uh, on social media here. Yeah, uh, so my, my two best is uh, Facebook, which is just Death Cat Design, and uh, same with uh, Instagram. And then the website is DeathCatDesign.com. It has my uh, store and everything on it as well. As as also uh, with uh, has like a listing of all my previous work and things like that, uh, pictures and stuff like that. So yeah, just come check me out. I'm really easy to talk to. Say hi. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, again, thanks, uh, thanks so much, and uh, I can I can vouch for uh, your products. Uh, getting getting the uh, the package that I got today. It's all quality stuff. It's all shit that literally I, I as soon as I opened it, I was like, oh my god, like. You can you can tell immediately when someone takes care and takes love into the art that they produce, and you certainly do that, man. So. Uh, oh, thanks, man. I really appreciate that. Of course, man. And uh, yeah, like I said, I didn't go on too many tangents for you for the, for this thing, so. dude. That's what we're all about. We're all about the tangent. <laughs> but uh, thanks again, man. Uh, have a good night, and uh, I hope to uh, hope to speak with you soon. And hopefully, uh, once all this bullshit's over, we see each other at a con here soon. Yeah, man. This craziness. Uh, once the next Monster Mania actually happens definitely meet up oh for sure man all right well yeah thank you guys i really appreciate it thanks you too man thank you